Hey folks, David Chen here. We're going to try something a little bit different today. As you all know, the Filmcast depends on patrons in order to survive. If you like the show, we really hope that you will consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. You can sign up for ad-free episodes as well as exclusive After Darks. Those After Darks are a big reason why people uh, support the podcast over there on Patreon. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to put uh, the first half of this week's After Dark into the main feed. So you're about to hear the first half of this week's After Dark episode, uh, which then in the actual After Dark episode is followed by a review of Thief featuring Blake Howard from One Heat Minute Productions. Um, so that's what you are about to hear the first half of this week's After Dark. Uh, we generally don't like to do anything like this. We generally like to release the whole episode or not at all. But uh, I thought we'd give it a try And if people enjoy this or it gets people to sign up Maybe we'll do it a little bit more often in the future But anyway, here is the first half of this week's After Dark conversation Which again, in the final After Dark Is followed by our review of Thief Enjoy! Hello everyone and welcome to the Filmcast After Dark The after show for the Filmcast Where we talk about a variety of random topics That did not make it into the show I'm David Chen, I'm joined by Jeff Kanata And Devinder Hardwar This episode brought to you courtesy of the fine folks At patreon.com slash filmpodcast Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for your support. It's because of you that we can continue doing what we do. Now, we are going to talk about a few things on this After Dark. Uh, Rolling Stone has just published a very intense and damaging piece about the release the Snyder Cut hashtag uh, movement that we're going to discuss. Uh, Jeff and I have a couple of hopefully amusing anecdotes. And then we are going to dive into an in-depth review of the Michael Mann film Thief. Now, when we brought up this possibility, you know, it was Devendra that suggested it. I had never seen Thief, so uh, yeah, I was excited I. to check it out. And uh, I, I nor, saw nor that as an injustice that had yes. to be solved. It had to be yeah. rectified. It had to be rectified. Yes. And so we scheduled uh, this After Dark to discuss Thief. And only one person came to mind uh, to discuss <laughs> it with us. And when that person wasn't available, I called <laughs> our current guest. No, I'm just joking. Um, the current guest is the person who uh, I thought would be a perfect get for this After Dark episode. He is the producer and creator and co-host behind One Heat Minute Productions, a podcast that analyzed Michael Mann's uh, film Heat minute by minute before moving on to other films. Blake Howard, welcome back to the Filmcast, man. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, boys. Great to be back. Uh, always happy to be on the reserves bench for you legends. Uh, <laughs> it's, an, it's an absolute honor. Thank you. I'm sure you felt the disturbance in the force, Blake, yeah, like I, once we had this idea. You like yeah, you knew my, what was going to happen. My wife my wife immediately, she's like, why aren't you listening to me again? And I'm like, <laughs> I can smell a podcast invite coming again, sweetheart. I can smell something in the wind. Well, I think beforehand you were also talking, Blake, about how uh, James Conn's passing hit you really hard, right? Yeah, it it really smashed me. Um, my my family has like a, a a crazy weird connection in that um, my brother and sister and I share the same dad, but we don't share their moms. My my brother and sister's mom passed away when they were babies. Unfortunately, she you know uh, hashtag speaking of hashtags that are really important. Fuck cancer, and mm. um, she named my brother Khan. And his, his ah. spelling is K-A-R-N. She changed it. But it was because her favorite movie star in the world, their mom's favorite movie star in the world was James Kahn. So, oh, wow. Um, so she, her favorite movie in the world was Rollerball, not Thief. But um, we've like that's like the lore of my family. So probably at an inappropriately young age, I started watching James Kahn movies. So he's been in my life for such a long time. Um, and apart from that, you know, I think you guys, I, I know you guys talk like this too, but you say like, who's one of your guys in the world 
And James Khan is like truly one mm. of my guys, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's and mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, this one hurt because he's so special, and there's yeah. like no one like him on the planet these days. There's no there's no working James Khan today, and uh, so. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a one that really hit. So thank you so much for you know offering me the space to talk about this fantastic film with you and about him. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I feel like the stakes for you being on the podcast are now extremely high because the last time you were on here, uh, you discussed the Batman with us, mm. and uh, you have the phrase Batman in your email address. I know, and thanks to some um, of the listeners of the, your <laughs> Patreon, they found me. <laughs> no, I, bleeped that, out. I bleeped it out of the main episode. That, so that, that, not, they they yeah. did. They were absolute sweetie pies, and uh, mm. they were just like, thanks for being on the show. It was super fun to listen to you guys, so it was, it nice, was really nice. great. Um, but yeah, between that and uh, you know a family member being named after <laughs> one of the actors in the movie we were discussing, Next time it's gotta be uh, some a tattoo that you have, basically. Yeah, that's the next time we can invite sure. you back to review uh, something with us. Definitely. Well, that 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 narrows it down. We've got apocalypse <laughs> now, no country for old men. Like, take your pick, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, nice. Wow. Nice. Um, okay. Well, let's get to this story. So this actually broke right around the time that we uh, recorded our normal episode of the podcast. Um, and we are, uh, these days we're recording the after dark separately. Uh, we used to do them all in one go, but this allows us to have a little extra time to respond to stories that happened since the main podcast recorded Tatiana Siegel over at Rolling Stone published an article called exclusive fake accounts fueled the Snyder cut online army subheading a Warner media report repe- reveals that bots and other inauthentic users bolstered the fan led campaign for director Zack Snyder's justice league do over end quote. Now, there are a few allegations uh, in this report, and actually, like when you read the headline, it makes it seem like oh, it's it's completely bots that were responsible for this. That is actually not the case, right? Right, um, right. There is a slightly higher level of bot activity um, for something like release the Snyder Cut than there might have been for other uh, grassroots. Uh, activities. Uh, one of the quotes here is uh, at least 13% of the accounts that took part in the conversation about the Snyder Cut were deemed fake, well above the 3 to 5% that cyber experts say they typically see on any trending topic. End quote. So that is a lot more. That's more than double what you typically see for a normal thing. Um, but it is not like 80%. There is still a lot of organic activity around hashtag release the Snyder Cut. What I think is interesting about this report is that it reveals a few truths. Number one, I don't think Zack Snyder comes off very well in this at all. Like, I think he comes off as understanding that he can take advantage of this often toxic fandom mm-hmm. uh, that is on his side. And it's a it's a very Lex Luthor plot, to be honest. Yes, he is. He is compared to Lex Luthor in the article, mm-hmm. where he. I would not go so far as to say as he actively incited this crowd to do mm-hmm. terrible things. Like, I think that's too far. But I think he was aware that that might happen if he did some things, if he took some action, mm. that he was aware mm. that they might harass people. And he Seems did nothing to be a to trend stop. in the culture right now. Yeah. Just, just yeah. inciting people and then stepping back as they... Uh, lay siege to things huh again again i I, I wouldn't say he incited them but i think he knew that Mm -hmm. the stuff he did would cause people to uh you know take it very seriously and go you know 
go into a tizzy around it. And you know, you know what's funny yeah. is that this this entire plot is more nefarious than Lex Luthor's plot in Superman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more co- certainly estate. more coherent. Certainly, more yeah, coherent. and more original. He already more did original, real estate. Yeah. He already did real estate. You know, like <laughs> didn't uh, didn't he? His whole plan was to resurrect something that was dead. And bring it back, mm, and mm. in a new way that people weren't expecting. I, I stand corrected. I stand wow! Corrected. Wow! Wow! Jeff, drawing all the parallels. But yeah, uh, so here, here's kind of like a little bit of what the, is, what's at stake here, right? So in case people are curious, like why are we even like why is this important at all? Here's a quote from the article: "Quote in mid January 2021, three months before the Snyder Cut of Justice League was finally released, an Instagram account with the handle Daenerys I Lust po- posted a gruesome image." depicting the decapitated heads of uh, Jeff Johns, DC Films President Walter Hamada, and former Warner Brothers Pictures Group President uh, Chairman Toby Emmerich. The image rapidly circulated among the fandom, with Snyderverse devotees even tagging social media accounts of some of the children of the trio. It was alarming posts like these that prompted Warner Media, concerned about the safety of its employees, to take the unusual step of quietly commissioning a series of reports from a third-party cybersecurity firm to analyze a trolling, end quote. Uh, and Rolling Stone was able to get like copies or see uh, a version of some of these reports. But basically, yeah, the the Snyder, release the Snyder Cut online movement, which was partially fueled by bots, led to a ton of innocent people getting harassed. Some of some of them off of the internet, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and that is really upsetting. Right. It's, I, I will say, yeah. like maybe some of these bots were produced by fans. We don't. It's not like Snyder is directly involved with manipulating and you know gathering those bots but certainly it is worth noting that yeah. maybe yeah. fans were doing this we don't know it, yeah. is the, is that one that posted the uh decapitation thing confirmed as a bot because that feels like a human thing to do not a bot <laughs> i don't thing. think a bot yeah. could have fabricated the the head thing but it's possible that bots like amplified the message you know what i'm saying yeah um, yeah but i think that yeah i agree it's like it's not clear the the provenance of the bots um but uh, to to me, it, it does seem pretty clear to me that Snyder is not doing much to stop the bot, like mm-hmm, to, to stop mm-hmm. this. He he's not coming out extremely clearly and like defending yeah. the people who are being harassed. He's, um, he's he tweeted out, "Come down to the Capitol and be wild." Is what right, he said. right. <laughs> mm, the, the the movie version. What I was alluding to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, this this to me it, ma- it makes me very disappointed in Snyder. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the article, he says, "quote." As an artist, it was fulfilling to be able to finally see my vision realized after such a difficult time in my life and for it to be so well received. I am grateful to both the fan community and Warner Brothers for allowing this to happen. To dwell on negativity and rumors serves no one. Can we all just move uh, on? Uh, if, if, if all this just is indeed on. a balanced article, I hope that all the good work the fandom has done is being represented, end quote. So mm-hmm. he was clearly like corresponding with Tatiana about this article, and he kind of understood that this would be an article that didn't make the Zack Snyder army look particularly uh, pleasant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he's kind of trying to like hedge against that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm kind of very disappointed that any of this has happened and that Zack Snyder and, and the studio has done nothing about any of this. Like they basically did nothing to stop any of this from happening. I mean, right? it may, the, the, we kind of talked about the, uh, the Snyder cut as sort of like being, a bad thing it's a bad precedent for bad yes. fandom right like because we we saw the fans being abusive and kind of like just very not not very great like very toxic and they were rewarded <laughs> with you know the extra long cut they were crying for and uh snyder was rewarded with what um a an- hundred million like enough money to you know uh get the sfx done you know produce a full four-hour cut 
Uh, bad lessons. Se- se- Seventy million. Here. Seventy million. Seventy million. It was around yeah. the budget. Yeah, but it's yeah. Um, yeah the, go we- ahead, Blake. the weirdest thing for me is around the whole toxicity of the fandom is I'm I'm not sure if you guys remember, and I'm sure you probably do, but it wasn't released. The Snyder cut would just appear everywhere. Like at that peak time, it wouldn't, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. trending topic was trending, like the death of a, you know, we're about to discuss the death of a famous actor. Don't you remember that? Like sometimes yes, you'd start reading the so threads awful. and, and people mm-hmm, would so be awful. in there like, Hey, release the Snyder cut. And you're like, get out of here. This isn't your thread. Like you occupy the internet in such a mainstream way that like, I always found that they would do weird things like that. And, mm-hmm. and it is really interesting to be like, I don't want, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want my fans. I don't want to focus on the toxicity, but it's like the toxicity got the thing made. So it is a really mm-hmm. weird quandary that he finds himself in, whether you're responsible for them or whether you're just um, aware of the power that they wield. It just feels like, yeah, you know, you, you're kind of going, oh, it's a real disappointment that there's toxicity, but it's like, no one gives you a hundred million dollars. It is almost like a hush payment. Like, can we make these people go <laughs> yeah. away? And mm-hmm. the article even quotes, you know, and to direct quote, like a 40% reduction in the use of the hashtag, like literally overnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like well, the candy you give to the toddler during a tantrum. Yeah, you know it's not 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 great. You're not teaching the kid anything. In fact, uh, it's it's not great all around. One thing I want to mention: I this article mentions uh, the Ray Fisher, you know, stuff too, like the mm. things he was trying to talk about, and it that is also kind of disturbing to me. If uh, and we don't know this, but if Snyder and Ray Fisher were like working to really just badmouth the the early cut and just like to really spread the message of the Snyder cut. I really hope that doesn't end up being like a weird collusion thing because that really well, would stink. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about this piece is there's basically like multiple intersecting scandals uh, in this mm. article, right? There's the release of Snyder cut and potential use of bots to support it. There's also Josh Whedon was having a massive career meltdown around the time that the Snyder cut came out, you know, like his, stature in society have been greatly reduced as a result of not only Ray Fisher's allegations, but Gal Gadot and other people mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. he was terrible to work with and he was um, just not a kind person. Yeah. Uh, not to mention Warner Media getting acquired by AT&T, uh, the head of uh, Warner Warner's film division, Kevin Sujihara, getting ensnared in a sex scandal. Um, so y- you never really know like <laughs> what what is... Um, like when it comes to why is it that the Snyder cut got made? Yes. It's partially because of the bots, uh, mm-hmm. partially because of grassroots activism, um, partially because uh, AT&T wanted something to throw on the streaming service, partially because like there was a new regime in town and they wanted mm-hmm. to uh, put their imprint on the new HBO max service. You know, like there's, there's tons of different things oh. at play. It's hard to get causality for a lot of these things. Um, and, and forgive me for not knowing this offhand, but uh, it, my recollection is that it, it actually was pretty darn successful for them, right? Sure. It, the Snyder got, Cut? it got subscribers, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, Snyder Cut. Hugely successful for them. Yeah, and, so- and and it was almost a retcon of a, an original, uh, incredibly awful critical response, universal bad critical response of the first version of Justice League, and then almost a pretty universal positive uh I, I, no, well, I put myself so, in that category as well. Yeah, I, will, I think it's a much better. Yeah, I mean, movie. we all we all like the movie. We all like the yeah, movie yeah, here same. on the podcast, which is which is a surprise. I will say uh, I am a little bit more doubtful of you guys about it being a huge success. According to I'm looking up numbers right now, like according to uh, Samba TV, uh, which is one of the only ways we have mm-hmm. viewership number on 
uh, numbers on streaming services. 1.8 million HBO Max households tuned in for at least five minutes of Zack Snyder's Justice League over its premiere weekend. Um, that figure ranks behind the 2.2 million U.S. households who watch Wonder Woman. So it's it's decent. It's not terrible, but I don't. I wouldn't say it's like a runaway success or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it wasn't like a c- catastrophic failure, but was 1.8 million households worth 70 million dollars? You know, like I don't know. Um, I mean, I think I, I think we all stand united in uh, denouncing the 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 sort of uh, mistreatment of people online and 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 the the rancor that this involved. But I think if you are able to set that aside, which is, you know, not easy, but if, if you're looking at, you know, from Snyder's perspective of sort of leveraging, uh, even if he was responsible for leveraging bots or, or doing that, I, I kind of feel like this is a scandal without a victim, uh, you know, other than the, you know, the whipping the people into a frenzy and kind of insulting folks, which is nothing I would condone. What, what about the people who like basically got death threats and stuff? Like, are you, are those not victims? And I don't understand what you're saying about that. Well, I, I, I'm trying to say that that I don't think that <laughs> I think if the goal was, hey, I want to get this thing made and I'm going to mm-hmm. use a, any means necessary to get it made. I, I don't I don't think part of that was Jackson, uh, Zack Snyder saying, hey, I'm going to, you know, let's get, go with those death threats. Let's get that death threat thing going. That, I, I don't think that was bots. And I don't think that I think that is just awful Internet world mm-hmm. that we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I find I find it difficult to lay that at the feet of Zack Snyder, is what I'm saying. Um, I, I think, but but I think Zack Snyder could have come out. The reason I say like I, I wish he had acted is because he could have come out and been unequivocal that that kind of behavior is not okay. And I, I don't think he I, either he didn't do that but, or he didn't do that enough mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But I don't so, think that this article or these revelations change that. I don't think they yeah. make that worse. Yes, I, 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 yeah, would, agree yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. I, I think. I think what what seems to be uh, asserted here is like, hey, maybe this would never have been made but for some disproportionate number of bots. Yeah. To which I say, well, in this case, did the ends justify the means? Because like, a better movie, b like success for Warner Brothers on some scale. Like, wh- wh- where's the downside in this thing having been made? Other than, yes, a bunch of people got hate on the internet, but I don't know if that was like, if this article make it changes that like it doesn't yeah. give us new information about that in particular i don't well think. i would say that uh the art an article like this being written is an opportunity for the players involved to clarify and mm. snyder was involved in providing statements to the article you know right no and i agree I he should have he should have denounced that and said exactly. all that that's what i'm saying garbage. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. i'm saying like and, uh, he 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 had the opportunity to do that multiple times along the way he had the opportunity to do that in this article and he did not really right. Yeah. He either didn't do it or he certainly didn't do it effectively, as evidenced by the fact that tons of people got harassed. Yeah. Adam Wingard got harassed because um, Godzilla versus Kong. He uh, dared release a movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. So so here, here's a quote from the article. Even after the film opened, random bystanders continued to be hit by the Snyderverse shrapnel. When fans review bombed Adam Wingard's Godzilla versus Kong, sources say the director asked Snyder through an intermediary to tell his fans to stand down and that Snyder refused. Um, very, Snyder says he was never Trumpian. asked to, to have his fans yeah. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. I said it's very Trumpian. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, it's like just yeah. standing in the center of the maelstrom and going, 
Whatever happens, happens. Right? <laughs> Snyder says he was never asked to have his fans stand down, adding, furthermore, I do not control my fans. They have their own will and their own opinions. You really give me too much credit, end quote. And I, I, that's, I don't agree with that. You know, like, yeah. I think the person who is the head of the movement has the ability to set the tone and to denounce behavior and so on. And he did not take that opportunity. I, I am 100% on the same page with that sentiment. 100%. Uh, and make no mistake about that. But I think I came into this conversation having read that article thinking the the megaton of the of the article was in suggesting, hey, maybe this movie wouldn't have been made but for these bots. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt mm-hmm. like that was the big headline uh, you know, right. pull, think- pull out of this thing. It's like, hey, bots made this happen, to which I go, so? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, bots may have contributed, and but also, as I indicated, there's like a ton of other factors at play. This is a very mm-hmm. a time of great t- tumult for the Warner Media Company. So it, yeah. um, it, it anyway. feels it feels yeah, like, um, and I'm so sorry to do this. Is like there's two things. It feels like the recent Watergate series Gaslit, right, where there's actually the story uh-huh. of the Snyder Cut as like the central theme or thesis, and then what's laid over beautifully by Tatiana Siegel is all this other chaos. Like that's, yes. that's, that's where it starts to sort of obfuscate itself because you're like, I don't actually know. Like we don't, we don't know the causality of it because it's like, you've got a sex scandal here and you've got Whedon imploding over here and you've got accusations of racism and you've got this. And it's just like, that's what's fascinating is because when you look back at it, you know, to, to, to Jeff's point, it's like, if this story was just, hey, bots got a movie made, we could probably stand back a little bit more objectively on an island and be like, okay, well, if that's the story, wow. Like, look at the power that it can wield when you actually have some organic um, fandom that is, like, genuinely out there to be activists. And then and then you've got these bots that are helping to, like, push it over to the, you know, undeniable, we must respond to these people. But, um, you know, I, I completely agree with, I think, everyone, where, and I think we're all on the same page here, is, you know, one of the coolest things on the internet recently and it was came out of an awful awful situation with another fandom that is absolutely toxic hey star wars um was the you know the moses ingram racism that was being received as a result of the reception of obi-wan and then ewan mcgregor himself getting on the internet and going this is unacceptable yeah yep. like yep. straight and, and, and the official star wars twitter account coming yeah. out yeah. is unacceptable the, and, you know? and I mean that that was like five years overdue for them, but it was actually good that <laughs> yeah. that you know someone who was a champion in the, that production going no, this is not acceptable. We do not accept yeah. this right from the top. This yeah. is not happening, and so that's the direct contrast I think that we're talking about. Um, and I, and I, I feel where Jeff's coming from is like there's a certain point where he absolutely could have been the champion and just like done one video because yeah. I mean you guys know. How many just one? I mean, it wasn't even Twitter. What was that weird like social media he was on for a while? Like it was Vero. Like, yeah, still on it. Mm. Yeah, so he'd be on Vero. Mm-hmm. That would get screenshotted, moved over to like yeah. you know reputable people on Twitter, and then story articles would get written about it because of again massive responses and uh, you know whoever interacted with it will become a story in and of itself. So yeah, it's it's a real. This is fascinating, and I I, I just want to champion again the work of. Rolling Stone and Tatiana Siegel here because it's like they didn't just hone in; they actually went to the gaslight of it all, like uh, uh, the gaslight of it all, rather, and went into all these other weird factors that muddy the waters. With like, is this part of it? Like, you yeah, know, and, 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 and often like self-contradictory or people contradicting 
each other's accounts. Yes. Each happens to the story multiple times. So it's very difficult to understand exactly what happened or why things happened in a certain way they did. Um, read the article for sure at Rolling Stone and check it out for yourself. Decide for yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we're mostly on the same page, which is that like, and Blake, I also heavily agree with your point about the Star Wars thing came five years too late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah after yeah. after like uh, Kelly Marie Tran was harassed off the internet. Yeah, and Daisy like, Ridley and just, right. you know. Like, yeah, it's just like, wow, you know, the, movie studios, I think, are completely unprepared for mm-hmm. the weaponization of online troll armies. And this is yet another example of that. And so, I won't mention her name because a woman on the internet has enough, has enough, right, trouble. But one of my best mm-hmm. friends wrote a hilarious piece at the arrival of the Joker, right? This is pre-Snyder Cut, about how the Joker was bad at contouring. Okay. His makeup was bad. Mm-hmm. His hair dye practices were uh, flimsy at best. You know, mm-hmm. he needed to keep funny. the dye in longer. We all know this is a joke. Yes. It's like funny. this is a complete yeah, joke. Funny. And it's funny. Do you know how many serious emails and responses yeah. that she got about how she didn't know what she was talking about? And I was like, people are insane. Like, you know, in this fandom and particularly in the DC fandom, sometimes they're just like, guys, it's a joke. It's not even a review. It's like a makeup tutorial review for a gigantic billion dollar movie. Like get over it. It's not hurting the movie. It's funny. And it's just like, I think that sometimes with these fandoms, like the, the, the swarm of like, if your potential response is negative, it, it, there's like a swarm mob mentality that comes online. And so, yeah, I, I, um, that has nothing to do with the reception of the movie. Like it has nothing to do with it. It's just like, if you, if you, if the perception is there that you're being negative, then it's attack. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, the big take, an, another takeaway from this, and it's another example is that everybody at every level pays way too much attention to the discourse on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No disagreement there. <laughs> and now we shall proceed with some more discourse on the internet. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's change gears. Let's change gears. Um, but that's the Rolling Stone story about Zack Snyder's uh, online bot army. Um, Jeff Kanata. Yes, sir. You and I both had an anecdote we w- wish to bring to the After Dark before we commenced our Thief review. Please proceed. Uh, mine's very brief. You go first, then. You go first. Okay, fine. Uh, I just, uh, if you follow me on Twitter or or Instagram, I think you probably noticed that I posted a couple times this weekend that I, um, the family and I went on our first vacation uh, ever, basically. Nice. Um, COVID, because, you know, know, nobody goes anywhere for the last several years, and it's just, it's been hard. No vacations. Uh, And now that I live in Colorado... Um, we have a beautiful, beautiful Colorado that is in driving distance. So we, uh, we all hopped in the car and, uh, got a, an Airbnb in Vail, Colorado, which quite beautiful. It lives up. It lives up to the hype guys. It lives up to the hype. Vail is, uh, stunning. Um, but I just wanted to, I thought it was, uh, would be fun to uh, recount for this audience that, um, at one point we, uh, we went walking to this park that is i think it's the gerald ford park very very beautiful very big very uh well maintained nestled in the base of the mountain and veil it's just stunning i mean you talk about a park this is this could be you know a painting it is it's it the is <laughs> ultra of parks yeah, indeed thank you like so thank many you. things in colorado like when you're up there in the mountains everything is beautiful stunning yeah. i mean 
stunning. Anyway, I, in my infinite wisdom, um, decided to dress that day uh, in my uh, my bluey dad shirt. I have uh, banded from bluey. Oh, uh, we are, I need one. We are super fans. <laughs> Truly my favorite Australian TV show of oh, almost all oh. time. Mm-hmm. It is... It is the it is the greatest piece of Australian art, and I think it's doing better than almost any kid show I've ever seen. And, uh, it, it, and it, yes, it, and but you, I, I'm so I didn't even put the connection together. I should thank you on behalf of your countrymen, <laughs> like for the gift that is Bluey. Listen, um, Joe Brum, uh, Joe Brum, the creator, writer, engine behind the whole show is amazing. Um, there's actually a great for your fans on After Dark. If you are if you're a parent, there's a great Bluey uh, Bluey podcast. Um, that I've actually been a part of. Like I, I, I joined on as a guest. I reached out to them myself and I was like, I love this show like almost more than anything <laughs> and I have to watch it almost more than any film. So yeah, no, it's it's the greatest show. And you guys are about to get season three, which is outstanding. Yeah. So, so happy, yeah. August 10th, August 10th. Uh, season three comes uh, to America August 10th. Um, although my some of my family have been seeing it with other means. But um we're very excited about that. I, I, I do believe that Bluey is, is, if not the best, among the best shows on television right now it, 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 or of all time. It is uh, truly that good. Uh, super fans. Super fans here. And uh, we are indebted to the people of Australia for making it possible. Um, anyway, so I have, uh, we purchased, uh, we have tons of, we have the toys. We had, you know, we got, we got merch. We got memorabilia. We love, we're super fans of the Bluey. So I have uh, Bandit, who is the dad, uh, doing his... Uh, his his sprinkler dance from the opening intro and it says dad that's my shirt it's blue uh, i put it on i wore it um and uh, i walked into this uh very large park uh, that was uh chock full of of people and it was like i was a rock star <laughs> <laughs> walking into some sort of groupie meeting are, are you the real bluey dad <laughs> <laughs> no it was just like Everybody was so excited to tell me that they also love Bluey. Mm-hmm. It it made me so happy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it, this it has caught on to such a big degree that it has become mainstream. I couldn't believe it. Everybody was like, "Awesome shirt!" People were like, "August 10th. and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, season three, August 10th. Like it was crazy. I was just walking through like kids were running up to me like, "Oh, we love." parents were like oh it's the best show bluey i was like yeah yeah high fives all around yeah yeah yeah. it was amazing it was it was you know it was like uh like michael jackson walking down the road you know (laughs) it was incredible Uh, amazing yeah you you know if if we if we need philosophies to kind of uh lead humanity uh, forward after everything falls apart it's really it's going to be bluey it's going to be marcel the shell you know like (laughs) the good positive stuff yeah Yeah, it was very heartening to to see that i was like oh because you know COVID, all these things, and you, you feel like you found, you found this little show, and it's this little, it's this little beautiful show that's just like too, too amazing for people to even like. You know, it's like it, it's so amazing that you just it feels like it can't be, it can't be beloved by everybody because it's just it's too perfect for that. Uh, and yet, it, it does seem to be catching on, and I see more mm-hmm. toys in the stores, and more. It just feels like it's going to be a juggernaut. I, I want it to last forever. It is truly, truly magical. The real question, Jeff: How did your kids react when they saw this? My shirt? Well, they've well, you know. when no, when when they saw how people were reacting to you. Oh no, no, they were they couldn't care less. They were running around. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that that tracks deeply yeah. unimpressed. That, yeah. Deeply yeah. unimpressed. Yeah. All right, I'll tell a quick story and then let's get to thief. Uh, I uh, I 
often tweet about stuff that I like and recommend. And then I'll post the stuff that I like to my Insta stories. Um, Instagram is kind of the platform where it's the most people I know in real life. You know what I mean? For me right now. Um, As opposed to TikTok or Twitter or whatever. So I posted about The Bear, which is a a series that's streaming on Hulu right now. Just renewed for a second season. Very exciting. Yeah. And I said, you know, The Bear is a masterpiece. It's incredible. Go watch it. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. One of my friends... Uh, called me yesterday and we started talking and she said yeah uh so we took your advice we started watching the bear and we're like oh my gosh this is incredible like wow this is amazing and so intense and like woof you know and they got to the end of the first episode they're watching only to discover that they had accidentally put on the season finale oh no <laughs> Hey. Oh no! That's I thought fine. You say I mean, they accidentally put on Smokey in the bear. No. <laughs> so the question is like, All what the do they do? Do they like, rewatch? The, yeah. Do, do, do they rewatch the entire thing? I said. I mean, I said. Yes. You know, because they already know what the main yeah, developments it's are. Fine. Okay. Yes. You, it's like you it's got, like every show or movie that's like, uh, how do I get in this situation? You got to go back to the beginning. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. They've just turned it into a film noir. They've just turned it into a film noir. Listen. I, I turned it into actually, a J.J. Abrams movie, <laughs> oh, where you start no. at the, or a J.J. Abrams TV show or movie, where you start at the end. I think um, if this if this had been you know um, Breaking Bad or uh, The Sopranos yeah. or something, I think there are shows where I would say, "Well, you ruined it for yourself." Sorry, but I think The Bear is not one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think The Bear is about the plot. Uh, well, yeah, you know, per per our conversation on the last uh, film cast, I, I will say The Bear is really good episodic storytelling, I think. Yeah. Right? Which is like every episode feels like, ooh, like that is a satisfying conclusion. Every episode kind of has a theme, right? And there's yeah. kind of a satisfying conclusion to each episode. So, yeah, you know, now that you guys are talking about it, I would say uh, th- there's probably some value in going back and rewatching the rest of it. But That's a brutal that is a That is a bummer, though, man. Like... Because there's some there's some major stuff that happens in the final episode, you know. I told so. you about the. Um, I think I mentioned a while ago, years ago, maybe uh, the story of uh, when I we were late for our screening uh, of the Crying Game oh, and uh, oh. w- went in and went into the wrong theater in the multiplex and just saw the last fifteen minutes of the Crying mm-hmm. Game and then the <laughs> credits went. And we were like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a lot of reports from people who. Uh, watched West the, like Westworld season four debuted, and because HBO Max's app is so terrible, they literally accidentally put on Westworld season one episode one, and we're like, wow, they're really redo- like they're really going back and reconning <laughs> the first episode here, which is something that Westworld might actually do. So anyway, um, but uh, can yes. I say can I say one more thing about the bear because I was kicking myself for not bringing it up when we talked about the bear tw- twice or whatever many times. Um, I think the bear, bar none, has the best needle drops on TV. Mm-hmm. It, the soundtrack for the bear is awesome. Awesome. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's, pretty it's good. great. I, I, I agree. I agree. Look, while you guys have not got access, unless through cheeky means online to Bluey, I do not have access to the bear yet. I literally got Fair a couple trade. of... I got, I got a couple of screeners. I'm so damned excited about the bear. <laughs> Everyone, like All of the people yeah. that I know, that I respect their opinions are like, 
like the bear absolutely rips, including you three. I've seen you guys tweeting and Instagramming about it. I'm like, God damn it. I want to watch this fucking show so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Anyway, RIP, my friend's uh, experience of watching the bear in order uh, is all I want. <laughs> so. All right, folks. Let's get to our review of Michael Mann's Thief. Are you clear? You've been putting down two, three scores a month. You want to put down contract scores all over the country? If you want to listen to the full episode, be sure to sign up at patreon.com slash filmpodcast where you can get ad-free episodes as well as three to four exclusive After Darks per month. Thanks for listening. Bye. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.